0: Shabbat Shalom. This week's parasha, and the name is a bit of a tongue twister, so we'll give it a shot here. Baha alotachah," which means when you go up, and it covers Numbers 8 through 12, 16. We begin in chapter 8. The Lord spoke to Moses, instructed him to make seven lamps, and how to make them and that they would shine light on what was being done just as Messiah himself is the light that shines on us. Also in chapter 8, we are told of the cleansing of the Levites for their service to God. This dedication was to be formed by water purification. Their entire bodies were to be shaved and their clothes washed to make them fit to be offered to God. The leaders of the congregation then laid their hands on the Levites. Following their dedication, two sacrifices were made on behalf their behalf, using bowls. It set the stage for the work of the Levites. The Levite service to God began at the age of 25 and ended at the age of 50. One can see why 50 was the retirement age as this was hard physical work to tearing down and setting up the tabernacle every time they moved. Chapter 9 begins with the second Passover of the Israeli nation would observe. And the question was asked, By the men, possibly carrying Joseph's bones to the promised land, how can we participate in Passover since we have touched a dead body? Moses did not have the answer, so he called upon God. And El Gabor, mighty God, instructed Moses that they would celebrate Passover one month later. Now we read in John chapter 19 that Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Yeshua along with Nicodemus, prepared Yeshua's body for burial on Passover. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus would not be able to celebrate Passover on that day, but would rather have to wait a month. And this is most likely the moment when they made their stand that they were for Yeshua. In this chapter, Elohim, who appears in the cloud by day and the fire by night, hovered over the camp. When God moved the cloud or fire over the tabernacle, that would be a signal to the Levites to pack up the tabernacle and follow God wherever he told them to go. In chapter 10, the three-in-one God commands Moses to fashion two silver trumpets that are to be played when it's time to move. And when God and the fire of the cloud moved, two appointed men would then play those trumpets, alerting the people to pack, and the tabernacle moved on. In chapter 11, the Israelis have not traveled very far when they begin kvetching about the manna. The Israelis were tired of eating it because their faith was weak. And each time they started to complain, the glory of the Lord appeared and was displeased with their lack of gratitude. Surprise, surprise. Of course, manna is a picture of our Lord Yeshua. Not only were the people complaining about the food, but Moses was complaining about the people. Moses asked God, why have you put this burden on me? in reference to the people. What we are seeing here is the growth that Moses needs to truly lead his people. At this point, he didn't really see them as his people. They were God's people. We should remember that when God instructed Moses to lead the Israeli nation out of Egypt, Moses suggested that it should be his brother instead of him. So while Moses is very humble, he doesn't really have the desire to take on this responsibility. God will continually mold Moses and change him to be the leader and to accept that responsibility of the people. With God's guidance, Moses chose 70 elders to help with the responsibility of leading this very large multitude. The people rejected the manna, so God gave them quail. And he gave them so much quail that they became sick from it. God brought a plague upon them and many perished. In chapter 12, we read of the jealousy of Miriam and Aaron, the older sister and brother of Moses. Miriam was not very happy with the wife of Moses. Many scholars allude that it was the color of her skin or the fact that she was not Jewish. We are not told, but in any case, she complained. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses, she says. Adonai hears this and summons Moses, Miriam, and Aaron to the tent of meeting. It's not going to be good. Adonai says, when I talk to a prophet, it isn't a dream or a vision. When I talk to Moses, it is my voice to his voice. He is faithful in all my house. And after the Lord spoke this, he departed. And with that, Miriam developed leprosy. Miriam was relegated to reside outside the camp for seven days. Now, when you're outside that camp, out in that desert, there are a lot of things that would like to eat you. So that would not be a safe haven for her. So during those seven days, Moses intercedes for her, even though she was jealous of him. That takes, that takes some good forgiveness right there. And God healed her, and she could return to the camp. So what are we to learn from this? Some applications for us to think about. When God instructed the Levites to be purified for their service to God, we should be reminded that we are to be a service to God. The important thing for us to remember as believers is not merely how to walk, but where we walk. We are to walk in the light of Yeshua. He is our light. We have fellowship with one another based on the blood of our Messiah. When we walk in the light, we see our imperfections. And just as the Levites shaved and washed their bodies to expose their imperfections, it is our opportunity to see our sins and to ask forgiveness and repent. When the people of Exodus walked through the desert, they had the very presence of God, the Father, with them. We see Abraham and Jacob had a Christophany. They see Messiah Yeshua as well as the disciples. When Miriam grumbled about Moses with her brother, Aaron by her side, Miriam was the only one afflicted, afflicted with the leprosy. Why was Aaron not afflicted with leprosy? I offer this: Aaron was God's high priest. How could he serve as a leper if he was to to take care of the people? This would have been the second time, though, that Aaron has acted foolishly. If you remember when he fashioned the golden calf and he claimed that it magically appeared. It is said in scripture that Moses was meek and humble, just as Yeshua was meek and humble as the lamb. We should think, we should Not think that one who is meek is weak, but rather obedient to God in doing his will. Brothers and sisters, we should all desire to be meek and humble. Amen.